So right here, this is this is all ash built up from the years, from the bottom up. You know what I'm it's saying? It's a giant pile of coal ash from a nearby power plant. You could mistake it for a hill. It's just outside where Gabriel Hunt lives. Uh, but yeah, this is East Carbon, you know. Um, East Carbon, in Carbon County, Central Utah. Coal gives both town and county their names. That's how it is, and I still love it. I'm not talking about my town. I mean, I just like to see it kind of beautified, and I like to see people move here and stuff like that. This is The Land I Trust, stories about dirty coal, clean energy, and everything in between. In our second season, we're bringing you stories from the West, each about a different element. This episode, Earth, the land and the planet. My name is Gabriel Hunt. Gabriel Hunt is the latest in a long line of his family to go below ground to make a living. I am a fourth generation coal miner. I was raised here. Uh, I went to college for a couple years elsewhere uh, and eventually moved back when I was about 25 years old. The coal mine industry was pretty ripe for inexperienced miners and uh there i went just following in my uh, dad and grandpa's footsteps and uh, i worked there for about 12 years um you know a lot of coal miners don't want to see their sons go into the coal mines or their daughters go into the coal mines if it's up to them i mean there's always the part of the coal mines being dangerous but also because uh the longer you're in it and the longer that you see how it's ran from the top down, it just it feels like a dying industry. And I was just miserable with it. Eventually, Gabriel decided he'd had enough. He'd seen what the industry was doing to the earth and his body. And a new manager with a bad safety record was the, well, you could say it was the canary in the coal mine. He decided to quit. But he wasn't going to go out quietly. Gabriel's also a rapper, and he decided to give his boss a few choice verses. Need a soundtrack to whatever it is we're doing when it comes to being tough in our activism. We need some bite, and uh, that's what I'm looking to do with my music. So I just put a beat on in my headphones, and I walked in to the meeting toward the back, and pretty much, uh, hey! I pretty much spit a rap verse, and it was kind of like an epic rant against the industry. I mean, there was one guy in the back, he had two thumbs up, and he was kind of just like rocking back and forth. Everyone else's eyes were just wide, you know, a lot of guys were smiling, and yeah, I miss those guys, and they're good guys, and I have not one bad word to, to say about them, you know. I'd like to see a lot more green energy companies come here in Carbon County and help transition these economies. And if there's anybody that wants to get out of the coal mines, then they're the first ones to get the jobs. That's that's my whole theme, I guess, when it comes to my activism. Yesterday I mined coal, but there's so many free and I don't see brave in the land. That could fix the section heads inside with the brick businessman. I'm like Ed Scissorhands, somewhat of a freak. With a kind heart that wants and no propensity to speak. When I did, I wanted to cut the bushes down. Think I'm dead with the clans. I saw climate change weirdly as a unifying factor for everyone. There's no major green jobs industry in Carbon County right now, but the state of Utah did get one step closer to a greener future, thanks in part to Mishka Benuri. 
we all have this earth in common, we all can protect it, and that is one thing that we can do to work together. Mishka was one of a small group of teens who persuaded Utah's lawmakers to pass the state's first ever climate resolution. So the resolution basically says that we need to acknowledge that our climate is warming and we need to come up with ways to combat climate change. And that's a huge step forward in Utah. At the legislative hearing, Mishka was one of those who testified. I was really nervous um, as a woman of color, like seeing, you know, honestly, white men kind of staring down at me was really, really scary. Um, But it felt really good afterwards. We all jumped up and yelled when everyone um, said, I. Mishka became interested in fighting climate change when she was in ninth grade. I went to an interfaith conference and they had a section on faith and climate change. Um, And so that was really, really powerful. And, you know, then I started doing more research into how Islam, which is um, the faith that I practice, connects with um, climate change and protecting the environment. And there was a lot of connections with our prophet and how he treated the land. One example um, is a quote that the prophet said, um, and it was that even if Judgment Day is right on the corner, if you're in the middle of planting a tree, finish planting the tree because you want to leave the earth better than you found it. He just taught respect for everything around us. Also prompting Mishka's activism is her uncertainty about what the future holds. And I think also as a young person, I am honestly really, really scared because I don't know what life is going to be like in the future. And I don't really trust the people that are making decisions for me, especially because I can't vote. Eventually, though, Mishka's plan is to be one of those decision makers. I want to go into law um, and work for a nonprofit that, you know, really actually defends the environment. And I hopefully one day I want to run for office in Utah, I think. I know it really well, (laughs) Um, and I think I can make a difference. And Mama, (laughs) what's your favorite thing about Earth? You guys? (laughs) Can I say that? Maybe second, the oceans? I like living out here by the ocean. It's Earth Day 2018 in a suburb outside Seattle, and eight-year-old Kayla Malloy is talking to her mom, Rachel, about what motivates her activism. What do you like to do most when you fight climate change? For me, I'm a graphic designer, so I like doing the communication aspects of it and making art about climate. But Rachel's not the only activist in this household. Kayla has already been a climate activist for most of her life. My favorite part is kind of presenting and seeing that I have a strong voice. Mm -hmm. Even as a kid. Kayla's motivations are pretty simple. Protecting the world she lives in is just common sense. I do like the oceans, the animals, like orcas or cheetahs or things. I like people. I like pretty much everything. There's not really one specific thing I can pull out. So she started joining her mom at rallies and canvassing for signatures. Then she started giving speeches and leading workshops. They're kids I train in the YMCA, and we call our club Climate Club, and our main focus this year is pollution. Okay. Air pollution? Yeah, mostly air pollution. And why does air pollution worry the kids? Well, you could get asthma attacks or dirty air to breathe, and maybe that air you can't survive in anymore. I'm in awe of how much you enjoy it and just naturally go up and give a fluid testimony or, and you know, 
I love seeing the, the adults drop in their jaws when you're presenting and they're like, how old is she? <laughs> That's a pretty great feeling. And Mama, how do you feel talking to kids about climate change and how they feel and what you think they feel and yeah. what are your emotions? Uh, I worry that I'm going to scare them because I remember when I was your age and hearing about the ozone layer hole and it felt really big and really scary and I didn't quite understand it all the way. And, and I hoped it would get fixed and I'd be safe and it'd be okay. So that was when I was a kid and we did it, right? So I kind of know what you're feeling and I'm trying to find ways to make it not feel like the way it felt for me as a kid. And I hope it's working, but I think sometimes I don't get it right. It's working. Um, sometimes it's scary for me, but most of the time I'm interested and I want to fight it with you. I kind of wish that somebody had let me have that voice as a kid, too. You guys amaze me every day, and I'm constantly learning from you, too. You guys are just so strong and so brave and so confident, and I wish I was more like that. Well, you still have some of your life left, and so you can do it. I can catch up. Yeah. Mustard. <laughs> mm -hmm. And relish. And relish. What's your best lead word? Because mine's let's do this thing. And that's your catchphrase. Yeah. Let's do this thing. Yeah. Well, I usually put my hand up like this and then go, let's do this thing with that. The yes. To hear more from the people in this episode and to hear other stories about moving from coal to clean energy, go to sc.org stories. To take action, you can go to sc.org divest and join the fight against dirty fuels. Or check out the latest ways to make a difference at addup.org. I'm Marianne Hitt, and this is The Land I Trust. The Land I Trust is produced by Future Projects and hosted by Marianne Hitt. The executive producer is Jeff Shaw. Original music in this episode by Josephine Holtzman and Trevor C. Jones. Special thanks to Summer Shake, Robin Everett, Mike Scott, Thomas Young, Connie Wilbert, Caleb Herringa, Jessica Kosky, Rachel Boyer, Marta Stopiker, and Lindsay Beebe. Additional music in this episode from Gabriel Hunt, also known as Black Guero.